Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoodstown for Anthony Modest. Royce. Not a bad idea. Welcome back to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How are you doing, man? How's it going? It's going well. Got another insane game at home. Uh, not the best second half we've ever seen, but that's still 14 goals in the last three home games. So it's pretty wild. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. We got a, it's it's like hot, kind of hot in St. Louis. I say that it's like only 80 degrees, but I was outside a lot today and I was like, I was outside in jeans. That was the issue. And mm. it's like, nope, it's hot. It's it's not fun anymore. Like I went for a walk this morning with my dog and it was like, oh, the weather's perfect. And then like fast forward two hours, I'm just like sweating. But I mean, besides that, I'm good. If I'm just complaining about the weather, I think that's a good sign, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we are here to recap, of course, the, the match on the Dortmund game match on the weekend, beating Gladbach five to two started off first half really well. Thought we were just going to be nice, easy cruising, uh, Gladback looked like they did not care about this match at all. Uh, and then I don't know what happened. And I mean, the second half, like you said, not as great. Uh, not not as just easy cruising as we would have thought after the first uh, half. But you want to start with the lineup? Yeah, it's completely unchanged from the 6-0 win against Wolfsburg. Uh, Gladback set up pretty much exactly how you'd expect and how I touched on last week, barring Scally didn't start, which... A little disappointing if you're an American fan just because, I mean, I think he's got a really good argument to be one of our starting fullbacks at the moment, or at the very least, a rotation player for the national team. So I was hoping I get to see him play. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, set up exactly how you pretty much expect. Started without as much urgency as you would expect from Dortmund, uh, given the, this, you know, what's at stake, especially at home as well. But nevertheless, scored a goal only five minutes in from pretty good build-up play. And like you mentioned, Gladbeck, like Wolfsburg actually, just looked like they could not be arsed this game, uh, plain and simple. They were completely disinterested on both sides of the ball, at least in that first half. And once we were up and running, we just mercilessly, mercilessly punished them for it for a good 30 minutes. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought it was going to be, was it only 3-0 at halftime? And then like I thought this game could be... four. was four, yeah. I was, this game could easily be 9-0 at, at this rate if... if if they don't come out and do anything again in the second half, like you thought we could have mercy ruled them or, or something. But I mean, kind of what we've been hitting on lately, it's like we've been getting these solid performances from everybody, uh, but it's like the performances we've needed all all year from like Malin and Adeyemi. Uh, Haller got a brace, which I don't remember. I don't think he's got a brace. Was this his first brace with us? It was his first brace, and I wanted to talk about him first, actually. This is the best game we've seen Haller perform in in a Dortmund kit. Uh, I mean, not only doing the things that we talked about before and a multitude of times in these past few weeks about, you know, creating the space and absorbing pressure, but also now he's just, he's finishing chances brilliantly, whether it be the back heel, uh, the great finish 10 minutes after that. Terasek mentioned in the post-game media to Archie and ESPN that 
And that's the reason that we Dortmund signed Hilaire. He relieves that pressure on other players. He creates space for them. And he's not only growing in confidence game by game now, but his physical capabilities are, are coming back as well. He's getting back to full strength, which I mentioned this whole spring, really. It's going to take time, obviously, with obviously everything he's been through. He's not going to be in you know tip-top shape, and he's not going to be the peak of his uh, athletic ability. So it's just going to take time because you know he was getting bullied by uh, center backs for a while. And, and it's just going to take time for him to come back. And his story of just these past eight months alone has been nothing short of remarkable. I mean, given with just the diagnosis, the treatment he's been through, the comeback, and let's not forget January, he was back before the ev- the restart even came back and he was in friendlies, working himself back to full fitness, getting himself back into the squad, and now finally beginning to really fly in this team. I mean, he was immense this game. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that obviously he was going to get better as things progressed. Like I remember we talked about it multiple times, but he he came back and like the thing was like, we can't be disappointed no matter the output because the fact that he's here and uh, like just on the pitch was insane. So like you kind of had to take what like I, I know there are people who are I mean, obviously it was it was disappointing, like not having like a a striker that was putting goals away, but I, I put that more on, I mean, we, we've seen goals from Mokoko, but I, I think I put a little more on Modest in the early part of the season. Uh, but just to have him come back, like you knew it was going to be the slow progression because he wasn't fully fit and you can't just come back from that and jump <laughs> to perform at a professional level is just insane. But it, it makes sense that now he's been working towards it. And now we've been seeing it slowly over these last few weeks that he is like getting there. He he is getting there and now getting a brace in this game. I'm I'm so happy because I'm sure there's been like some some not doubts or concerns but like on his end, you know, he was probably feeling a little down like I'm sure he wanted to contribute more. I'm sure he wanted to have a quicker recovery. Um I won't get into a lot of details, but like I I've gone through a, a surgery wasn't cancer or anything, but I've been through like a multiple surgery situation and and just like coming back from that like you you feel bad like and down that you can't give what you know you can because like you just have these physical limitations that you can't really control you can't do anything about them so i'm I'm so just to get these two goals and like his performances lately like just to build his confidence too that's only gonna help him keep progressing um physically uh and mentally and I don't know, as a professional and athlete there. And so it's it's really exciting. Yeah, not only did Hilaire score two goals in this game, but he was involved in the first four in the first half and, and just under 27 minutes as well. Uh, you know, the, the feint he had just a few minutes in for the first goal was sexy and created just an acre of space at the top of the box for the shot. Of course, it was uh, blocked, but Mullen was there for the tap in. Good instinct on him. And then with the penalty just minutes later, a Jew's penalty was pretty underwhelming. I was honestly thinking if anyone, Hilaire would have taken that given just the game he was having already. But nevertheless, uh, that goal, I mean, the the two goals after that as well, the the back heel first from, with the assist from Malin. And then again, it's pretty much, you know, almost a carbon copy of the uh, great finish he had too. Same thing, cross coming in from the right side from Malin. And I mean, Malin getting two assists this game and as well as getting a few goals as well. Uh, or excuse me, one goal and then two assists. And that's also eight in his last eight now, if I'm not wrong, or at least nine in his last, yeah, it's eight in his last eight. And I want to just take a minute to submit a formal apology to Mullen. Uh, Donnie, 
I know you're listening and I appreciate you uh, tuning in here. I am sincerely sorry for everything that I've said about you for the past year or so. Uh, I was ready to, I was completely ready to offload him in the winter. And hell, even in to his Feb- even into February, whenever he scored against Hertha Berlin, I was still thinking it was not good enough. I mean, one goal or two goals over the you know course of the whole half, first of the half of the season. But then the man just started flying, and uh, I've read online that you know this is just speculation, but some people were saying he had a he had a second. Well, it is confirmed that he had a second kid, but that might just be the reason of him picking up the form. You know, he's just now kind of playing out of his mind and having the confidence. But I mean, the man is everywhere at the moment, and. It, again, with the confidence and, and not only just the, score, the scoring goals and, and, and the assists, which he's actually contributing on paper now, but he's still got that flair to him, which we talked about earlier. He hasn't missed that or lost that whatsoever. So, I, uh, I'm i very sorry, Malin. I mean, he's he's been arguably our best player the second half of the season, um, or at the very least, these past two months or so. Would you like to add on to that, Jake? Yeah, I, well, I think everybody needs to apologize to Mullen. I just come back to <laughs> being so disappointed after preseason. We had those preseason matches where he looked great, and then we're like, oh, he can only look good against third division <laughs> teams. This is yeah. all we're going to get. Uh, but, I mean, no, I apologize too because I, I remember being real low on him, and I remember saying, like, just get him out of the lineup. Like, why is he starting? doesn't make any sense. Um, and I just hope that this isn't him overperforming. I hope this is like the potential that the Dortmund recruiters... This is a new leaf. Yeah, saw and knew that this was the player that we were going to get. Like, I, I hope it's just not like performing like all out of his skin. Um, did you use that phrase? Why well, that phrase in my head? I think you said that. But like... I just use out of his mind. But out same of his thing, mind. yeah. Like, I, like I mind hope, and body. I hope it's not an anomaly. I hope this is, this is Mullen. I hope like he has arrived. Yeah. It, it may took longer than we wanted, than anyone wanted. Everyone wrote him off. Uh, but if this is the player we get next year or two, and the year after that, fantastic. Um, and and but a lot of that is the confidence. You and I mean, the, like if he's hit these levels, yeah. and everyone goes through these up, ups and downs. But the fact that he's hit this level, and how many goals does he have in the second half of the season? Because he had like none in the first. He maybe one. It's like, at least eight. Eight. Like pretty sure it's eight or nine. It might be nine. If if he would have just think like if we have this player full season, you you put in some like bad streaks in there. But like if he would have the just a fifteen to sixteen goal season is great. Obviously he's not there because he didn't perform in the first half of the season. But he's showing the potential to be that type of player, um, which is really exciting moving forward. And again, like hopefully it, it sucks that like we're still on this like we're on Byron watch. Like it's not in our hands, and it sucks like that that's the case because of how these guys are performing. And it's just like, was like a little too late um, or we would have been running away with the title. Yeah. And for confirmation, it is nine goals this second half of the season so far uh, for Malin. And it's not just the confidence too, but it's also just the system that we're, you know, kind of adjusting to with him uh, having Hilaire as the focal point or that sharp end of the attack. And then Adeyemi and Malin both on either side of him. That's, that looks to me like the front three we're going to go with moving forward. Uh, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's quite the attack at the moment. I mean, it's super overwhelming with the pace and and also the power too. Not just from Hilaire, but at, I mean, Adeyemi with his jumping ability, his leaping ability, and Malin's shot power. So it's it's pretty versatile. 
too. And it's just, it's just a very lethal, lethal attack at the moment. I mean, we have and the, uh, that's exactly what you got to see on full display. We have the three-headed dragon that everyone wants in their attackers. Like, yeah. We have it because they <laughs> are well all said, yeah. scoring and all contributing. Like if you stop one on one play, guess what? Adiyemi, doesn't matter if you, he could have been like all the way back by Kobo and he'll still get up there and score because that's how fast he is. Uh, like it's just, they're yeah. out of control and it's fantastic. Um, Real quick, uh, we're we're doing yeah. a quicker episode. It, I was just it gonna was ask, not. F- go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I don't know where you're gonna go. I was gonna ask uh, if you want to talk second half and what you think might have went wrong in the second half. Yeah, actually, I was about to touch on that. Well, I was gonna say it. It wasn't necessarily a flawless first half, at least in defense. I mean, we still. Uh, I mean, like again, we started a little bit more reserved than I would have liked to expect it, and put them under as much pressure. And there were some moments like that, even whenever we were scoring. But it really started the show in the second half with just the lack of killer instinct, even though we were up four goals. I mean, but still, we've given up four goal leads at home before. Uh, so we just really gradually eased off, uh, didn't defend as well, uh, especially with Gladbeck's second goal. Um, fell into panic mode, too, for those 10, 12 minutes. And thankfully, it was Kobo that stepped up big and made that, you know, that big save uh, that kept us still, you know, relatively cruising towards the end whenever Geo scored, but still, yeah, it's kind of backed off a little bit. And you, again, you'd expect that what's at stake, uh, the team to keep pushing and, and not let Gladbeck get into this game because that, again, that first half, they just, they look completely disinterested. They did not want to be there whatsoever. Even Casey Keller of all people was the commentary for this game. And he was saying right before kickoff that he doesn't imagine Gladbeck is going to come with any sort of fight, but he hopes he was proven wrong. And those first 45 minutes, almost an hour, he was definitely right. Yeah, I and I think there's there's a little bit of like was it Gladback being good? Was it us being bad? I think after that first half performance, like for our players to see how Gladback's performing and we're up four goals, like of course they're going to come in. Like there's just nothing you can do. Like they're going to come in a little more lackadaisical because they they think it's going to be easy cruising second half because they have the four goal lead and the first half was pretty easy cruising. And then I'm sure they Gladback got a like a ripping into at halftime too because. I mean, they're not really playing for anything right now at this point of the season, which I think was like Keller's points. Like they're already on vacation and everything. Like this is just the rest of the year. It doesn't really matter. But I'm sure Farco got in there and was like, you look ridiculous right now. Like you, what? what's the point of you guys even being here? Like I'm sure he ripped into them at some point and it was, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I have no idea what he said, but you know, he got into them to make them come out and perform a little better to show some like pride and dignity. I yeah. guess. And and Farker can definitely be that kind of motivating factor as a coach. I mean, he's he's no like tactical genius or anything like that. But but he does you know he's it's not that he's not a decent tactician, but he's just one of those uh, man managers. I mean, you can go back to throughout his career, put a lot. He made a big influence at Norwich too, and uh, pulled himself pulled the team out of some really tough situations. So uh, you, I mean, something that you wouldn't necessarily not expect from a coach like him at a team like that as well. But yeah, just not enough. And they just kind of lack the quality as well at times. But uh, Gio came in and yeah, like I said, scored. You know, his last four goals have been in the 93rd minute, 82nd minute, 92nd minute, and the 94th minute. So not only is he coming off the bench to score these goals, some of them winners, but like, you know, some of them the very last kick of the game. Yeah, super sub Gio, which I thought it was funny. I mean, I don't know if funny is the right word, but like they put out a tweet that was like, super sub and i was like i don't know how 
players feel about that moniker, I guess. Like, yeah, it's exciting to come in and score, but it's like, you want to be a super starter, right? Like, and while they're celebrating the fact, it's like, I, I don't know how Geo's taken it. Um, but at the same point, I think we talked about this before, like right after the World Cup, we saw Geo, like that's when he was really hitting like these last minute, like game winner, last minute goals um, coming off the World Cup. And like he really had something to prove, but it's just like hard for him to break into this team. And I don't know where he fits into this team either. Like he is the super sub because I don't see him taking anyone's spot, especially with, like I said, the performances with everyone up top. I don't see him sliding in the midfield with how um, Jude and uh, Julian Brandt have been performing. Like there's no, there's no spot for him. So he's got to, he's got to be that, that super sub for now. Yeah, and it and it's a really good learning experience for him as a professional athlete to, you know, be patient and and earn his spot in a team like this because yeah, like you said, I don't I don't know where he slots in at the moment and it's not a I don't think it's a a, a drama issue, it's not really a form issue either. It's just how where do you play right now? And you're not going to get into the midfield trio of Jude, Chan and Brandt. And like I said, the front three is pretty much what we're going to go with going forward at the moment. I don't see uh, a reason to change either any of those three uh, going forward, at least obviously to finish out the season. And then we'll see what we could do during the, the off season here with, you know, we wanted to reinforce some other parts of the the pitch, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just an unfortunate situation for geo at the moment, but it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, do you want to just look ahead at the uh, getting the match preview? So two matches left, we still sit one point behind Byron on the table. Um, they play on Saturday against RB Leipzig. So this is the, the just said we're on Byron watch. This is the one we're hoping Schalke. We're going to do something and that backfired. Uh, but this is one where like may, hopefully a result can go our way. I've never thought I'd be cheering for Leipzig, but here we are. Uh, cause th- they play on Saturday and then we are away at Augsburg Sunday morning, 1130 Eastern time. And I'm, I'm glad that we had these two home matches to get some big results to give us the confidence on the road, because obviously we've been good at home, uh, but on the road, not so much. We saw what happened in Bochum, uh, Stuttgart. God, both those were just draw nightmares. Like we, we drew both those matches and it was a disaster. Completely felt like a loss. So we need, we need the three points here. Like there's no excuses. Yep. There's no room for error at this point. I mean, I, we said that for a while now, given whenever we slipped up against Bochum, that we're going to have to be perfect for the rest of the season. And not only that, but Byron are also going to have to slip up. So we just got to do our part. And I said I wouldn't really get excited whatsoever until we get past Augsburg and Byron slip up. And then I can start getting hype again. But Augsburg have only won one in their last nine matches. But can you guess who that win was against? I'll just let you know. Without tell looking me at your gonna... phone, I see you. Uh, yep. <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> It's Union Berlin. Great. And it was also at home. So and they've they're six and six at home this year. So obviously a lot better at home than on the road. Um I feel like I mean they're probably gonna bunker down here, give us the ball and um see if we could break them down. And lately we that's exactly what we've been doing against a handful of teams. Uh I hopefully we could do a little bit better than against Bochum, uh given that was the last away match and then also a team that kind of had that low block. Um but yeah, we'll see. And, and and I think this team is pretty much at the form. It's at the form. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I know it's only been like a few weeks, so I don't want to say we're at you know almost an unbeatable form at the moment because you know we can slip up in moments like these. But 
with these last two home matches, it's been very, very convincing. And with pretty much everyone being back as well, I can see us pulling out a win here. Do you have any score predictions? I was going to go 2-0 is what, what I'm feeling. I, I think, yeah, they're going to bunker down. Um, but I just think like, man, that three-headed dragon, we're coming coming for it. Like, I think we can, I think we can break them down. I think we can find the goal. Yeah. Or two. I'm going to go 2-1. I think we slip up and be our own worst enemy and concede some really stupid goal and then climb our way back into it and have a late winner. Which we could have seen against Bochum. Like, that's what should have happened. We, sh- we should have came back and won that game 3-1, 4-1. We just, like, have to yeah. capitalize on our chances. Um, and I think, uh, just this is me being optimistic, but I, I think we are going to capitalize. I don't, I don't Even if we go down, like, I think we're going to have enough fight to to pull out the uh, the points. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. Yeah. We All shall right. see. Well, like we said, it was going to be a short episode, which we've tried to do the last couple of weeks because we've been both pretty busy. Uh, but I know Carver's got to leave like right now. So this is a short episode. We did it. Uh, hope you don't mind a little shorter listening this time. Also, the episode's coming out a little later. Again, it's been a, another crazy week. But we really appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. Uh, enjoy the game this weekend. You can follow us along on Twitter and Instagram, especially during the match to tweet along with us and send us like your questions and thoughts after the match. Uh, at the BVB pod. And then you can email us to the BVB pod at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll leave a bunch of links and everything in the description of this episode, like we normally do. But if you're a new listener, make sure you check that out. Give us a rating review, Spotify on Apple podcasts. That'd be awesome. And we will see you guys later. What's going on?